This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah! Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah! But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Trek Picard on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And Season 3, Episode 6, The Bounty is Upon Us, and Aaron is a bounty of nostalgic triggers in this episode. My God, if you thought Picard was already full of nostalgia, just wait until you see this episode. And it's from all generations, yep. like literally, like literally, I think maybe Enterprise is the only show that isn't represented in this. Uh, you've got the Titan, and I'm sure if someone freeze frames Voyager. on the, the ship museum, it's probably T- totally the NX one yeah. or whatever it is. It's probably there somewhere. I mean, they've got disco ships in here. It's a yeah, the original Kirk Enterprise. It's boy. And they've got LeVar Burton coming back, which is probably the biggest hit of nostalgia you get in this season. Uh. Yeah, man. What'd you think of this super nostalgic episode? So I've been up and down on this episode, um, or on the, on this season. Like, you know, it's been the best. I think it's so far the best season Picard they've ever had. But there's Easily. also still yeah. like, still just like, man, this in the margins are just a few things where like, I don't believe the Picard's this way. I don't believe. So I watched the Red Letter Media guys, and they're through episode four, and they I thought they would savage it because you know they're usually a little bit, they're quite a bit more negative than I am on almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are all in on this season. Like, oh, really? They had even less problems, and and uh, and what was interesting is like Mike said, like um, the things that bother me about Picard, the fact that he is just so feeble and like has lost his fastball and things like that. Mike thinks is a smart homage to his character in like All Good Things, where he was kind of like old Picard was kind of like you know stuttering and befuddled and. But, you know, he's also on the throes of a dementia disease, which has been since. So, like, I, I don't know. But I, I, I but it gave me a little bit different perspective. And I, that came out, like, literally right before I sat down to watch Picard. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, man, I just like, I, I feel like, you know, I've been reading some feedback. I just feel like I'm a lot more negative. I, I just like maybe the season is going to pass me by. And then I watch Bounty. And this is the first episode of Picard that I just loved. Like, I have almost no notes. There's yeah. a few quibbles and tribbles that i might have had some problems (laughs) with here and there but yeah like this is just a pure joy this feels like watching star trek 4 for the first time where it's like is this exactly what i think of when i think of star trek maybe not but is this a whole hell of a lot of fun and am i grinning like an idiot yes sure yes and and like all the other shit that like i bothered me has smoothed over everyone's getting along no one's being a drama captain or admiral about anything and mm-hmm. it's just and it's yeah like and also they finally got everyone together finally we yeah. literally have everyone together now uh mm-hmm. that the, the 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 way because i was thinking how are they have possibly going to get moriarty in on this i thought that <laughs> twist was genius yeah that was interesting 
I liked it. I think Brent Spiner is such an un, like. I wish I'd seen him in more just regular non-genre work. The only thing I can possibly think of is him playing like an insurance adjuster in The Aviator. But he always is, and like, but oh, like wow. he is so good at like I thought it was astonishing how he could rapidly iterate between data, B four, lore, and soon, and you 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 with just like a half sentence, you know, like by yeah. the by the expression on his face, by the tone of his voice, you 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 know what character he's channeling at any one given time. And I think that's astonishing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, work. it's great. I, 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 I love this episode. I really even like the, the more poetic stuff they're trying to do. Right. Um, that's kind of a, a point in this episode that they bring up about yeah. the card and here, you know, uh, LaForge is doing it too. Jordy is doing it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it works relatively well. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I, this I stuff like can it. feel a little stilted, but, worked here i even like the name of the episode bounty i'm like uh-huh. what the fuck is the bounty going to mean and then the hms it became clear that they're probably going to steal a cloaking or they're going to somehow uh like wharf is going to call in a favor of the klingon and they're going to get a cloak ship because they're like oh we can't come back here unless we're invisible but then as soon as they said oh and it's the hms bounty and they showed i'm like oh my god they have the warbird from star trek 4 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're clearly. I thought they're just going to steal it, and it was just going to be one of those things. But like, yeah, it's yeah. even kind of funnier to just steal the cloaking device out of it and hot wired into the Titan. Like, uh-huh. no, I love it, and how it's like not quite there. And then you know, Jordy gets to flex his engineering muscles a little yeah. bit. I, I yeah, love that like, moment when they finally yeah. got him on board. That that line where Sydney's like, I don't know how to do this, blah blah blah, phase converter stuff, and Jordy Forge comes in. Uh-huh. I did, but I do, and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, what do you think of Jordy's new uniform? Where it's kind of got like a blacksmith, oh. like a leather blacksmith smock built into it. Like, I didn't it makes notice. sense for an engineer. You I was did? looking at his eyes, like his his oh, upgraded right. mechanical eyes, his baby uh, blues. But yeah, you're right. That that makes sense. I, I really like get their their bib dirty. I always thought that was cool that like in uh, motion picture and Rathacon, they always depicted the engineers of being in like a work suit that had like attachment for a hose that you could, you know, because like you're working Mm -hmm. like you you need a different duty uniform if you're in engineering than you do if you're on the bridge crew. And I always thought that was really cool. And the the one that got Jordy in where just again, it looks like he's wearing like a blacksmith smock Mm -hmm. that's built into his uniform. I thought, ah, so cool. Oh, that is cool. Um, I'm going to check it out next time. And everybody said that, oh, Mika Burton's in Star Trek. Mika Burton's in Star Trek. Mika Burton. You've all been wrong up until this week. Uh, LeVar Burton's daughter, Mika Burton, is the other LaForge daughter. Oh, okay. She finally showed up nice. in, in Star Trek. But uh, I, I got so many emails. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? I did, but she hasn't showed up. She hadn't showed up at this point. This is the episode that she shows up. So that was kind of cool, too. That's a fun. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's been Burton. asking, where's Jordy? Where's Jordy? I've seen that, too. And it took a while but we got him we finally got him and i thought like i i felt like a lot of that angst of him you know like that's that's very tropey you know the the parent who was a hellraiser but mm-hmm. wants their kid to be a stay-at-home you know stoop kid like they talk about on the wire um i i but you know his trope but it also was just a single episode it's almost a single scene it was quickly resolved and Mm-hmm. Jordy, you know, was a pretty reasonable human being about it. Um, Worf continues to be the fucking highlight of the show. He's never not funny. <laughs> yeah, he's great. 
Uh, and not in like a cringy way that like betrays his character. It's just like no. I can see old man Worf rounding into this kind of shape, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, once once he gets, I, I don't know, because he it seems like he's still on like semi dangerous missions, right? He's part of Starfleet, uh, yeah, spy operation essentially. But like, right? Yeah, he's he's uh, come to some kind of peace in his old age. He doesn't need to fight as much. That kind of thing. Yeah, I like it. Uh, maybe we should get episode. into the recap. Yeah. Red alert. Here comes an ad break. Let's boldly go back to the episode. Welcome back to the podcast maneuver. All right. We start off with several ships from the Federation and Vedic all showing up where they think the Titan is, but it's only their transponder. And Vedic is pissed and she gives a speech about vengeance. One of her crew speaks some fairly mutinous words or begins to, and he's shot for his disloyalty. Then she demands the names and locations of anyone Picard has ever known. How did Vedic get out of the nebula? Am I just not remembering them showing us this or I think she could leave at any time because it's like she was under power and she wasn't being sucked in. Uh, and she was the thing okay. keeping the, because if the Titan left the nebula, she'd just tear him apart. They were like hiding from her in the nebula, so I thought they had crippled I don't think she was her ship. There. And oh, then that's she right. Was they dropping threw an in the exact her. same yeah. way that they were, and now she's just back. She's got I think. <laughs> sure, well, they fixed it. So the red letter media guys, I don't know if this is a wrong inference, but their inference is that they think Vedic is not a shapeshifter, but they've replaced their arm with a shapeshifter. Oh, weird. And. Riker Why? said something to the rest of the crew to strike this up. And I thought that's like when I'm like, that's a wild interpretation, guys. But Riker said something to the Shrike crew where he's like, oh, I see you guys have really swallowed the goo. Like these aren't shapeshifters. They have been injected with shapeshifter somehow. Mm. But I don't think they've made that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I never got that. I just thought that she was one of a deep undercover shapeshifter. I mean, I apparently missed that they jettisoned the portal weapon based on some emails we got. So I'm not like the best judge of the fine details of this, but I did not pick that up at all. To me, yeah. I just assumed she was a shapeshifter herself. Hmm. Oh, yeah, they had Could to eject the portal weapon to go down into the gravity well because that would have destabilized yeah. their ship yeah, or something. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think I remember them saying that they ejected that, but. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not not picking that up. I assume she's yeah, a shapeshifter either. until I'm told otherwise, but yeah. we'll see. In fact, um, yeah, I think the whole, like, it seems like the whole crew is, is, is shapeshifters. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's something about Frontier Day. It's just 72 hours away. They're going to keep that clock updated throughout the episode. And, and I will say uh, on, on the Vedic front, I almost the show was telling me she's a shapeshifter when she speaks about the the terrorist faction of the changeling. She says we not 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 like not like somebody who's just sort of co-opted this ideal. It's more like, yeah, I've been a part of this since the very beginning. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying it. Uh, maybe they know something we don't or maybe they're just wrong. Um, yeah, but the they, the new approach of instead of trying to find and trap a car, which has been not yielding fruit, they're going to find every friend, associate, and loved one and burn this scorched the earth on which he stands. Which mm -hmm. 
obviously means Deanna. Um, by the end, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it'd be funny if Picard's like, Keeper! <laughs> <laughs> never never really trucked with the counselor on the ship's crew anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. It's it's a good strategy, I think. That's one of Picard's weaknesses. Those three starship captains that converged upon the USS Titan's beacon, mm-hmm. its transponder beacon, what a clinic of precise warping that was. <laughs> They yeah. all, within seconds of each other, arrived, like, meters apart. Like, if they were 10 meters off, there is a major relativistic speed collision going on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's amazing to me that they were all... They must have planned it, right? They must have been like, okay, well, we want to all arrive at the same time. So you right. over here in the Delta system, mm-hmm. you do warp 7.30948, and... We'll right. do warp 3.21 and we'll all get it'll be so cool, guys. So yeah, fucking yeah. cool. Oh man, Vedic will be so impressed when she sees this <laughs> daisy wheel we're making in space. Uh-huh. That is pretty hilarious. I didn't even think about it. Um <laughs> so, so we get some pretty big uh news that we should have kind of suspected here in the next scene where Beverly diagnoses Jack with Iromotic syndrome. Same thing Picard's got. Uh, she's got him on some meds and Picard feels pretty guilty about it, uh, passing on this disease to his kid and Beverly tells him, you know, you should go talk to him. Yeah. Like, I don't know how traumatized is it. I thought this fine. It makes sense. It makes sense. He's got some kind of thing, but like also how traumatized Mm -hmm. is a 24 year old supposed to be that he's going to, he's going to lose his mind when he's 90 that's the thing like i never the symptoms aren't lining up with the disease for me i never saw picard having i never saw jl with like Mm -hmm. nightmares and shakes and killing people in the hall thinking while attacking him Yeah. yeah you never saw that from him so i don't know why this is the conclusion that they draw i like i get it she does the scans it's there of course it's there he's picard's son right but we never saw that in Picard. Like, we never saw that he had a troubled uh, history in Starfleet. So maybe that's why right. the Nausicans killed him. I think I think they should have done... <laughs> to me, says there's something more at play here. It's not yeah. just the Eromotic Syndrome. They should have thrown in a line about Picard saying something about him having to struggle the early stages... Struggle through the early stages of Eromotic Syndrome in Starfleet. And maybe he could have put a... Like, made a an offhand explanation of, like, you know, why he was such a hothead back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, because because he was kind of suffering from this stuff. But like or Beverly could have said it's actually a mutated strain that he definitely got it from your genetics. But his sure, exposure to this, ga- like him. when we yeah, when we're uh, out on beta gamelon for delivering medicine, he breathed in a gas that turned now it's an early onset <laughs> aromatic. But yeah. whatever, but whatever babble you need. It, it, I, I, I'm glad that it's actually going somewhere and it's not like some mm-hmm. kind of hostile alien technology takeover or sh- shit like that. It's I just... think it still might be. I think it still might be something changeling related. I don't know. Really? We'll see. But it's happened since he was a kid. The thing is, it's happened since he was a kid. Oh, so maybe they're triggering something. They're using the aromatic syndrome to trigger something. Maybe. Or yeah, or it has nothing to do with the aromatic syndrome. It's, it's in addition ah, to the aromatic okay. syndrome. That would make sense, too. Uh yeah we'll we'll find out I mean I I don't know it's it's I'm extra curious after this episode what the fuck they need with Jack Crusher because they have 
as we'll find out later, the remains of Picard's body. I assume to do some weird changeling duplicate shit and, yeah. and use him as a tool to defeat the Federation. But like, what does Jack have to do with yeah, any of like, that? Because I could see Jack being the backup program. It's like, well, if we can't get Picard's body, we can get half his DNA and we can extrapolate the rest by inserting frog DNA or some Jurassic bullshit. But like, Maybe. they already... They already that that the, they stole Picard's body from the Institute like uh-huh. way back before the portal, which is bef- hmm. Yeah, at the same time maybe, they got that portal tech. What maybe that makes Jack? sense that they were hot on the heels of. But like, why do they still want him if they've got exactly. his body? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I hope it's I I hope it's clever. I hope it's clever. I'm not holding my breath, but <laughs> good yeah, episode. We'll not going to borrow trouble. This is a good episode. Fair. I'm just I'm just asking a question like yeah what what do they need him for yeah curious all right so Picard goes over to the bar to talk with Jack uh he tries to comfort him but Jack is in no mood he insults Picard's genetics and then storms off and then seven calls to say they're here he's doomed from the womb also be a great metal band name (laughs) Doomed from the womb. I like it. Doomed from the womb. Yeah. If he has aromatic syndrome, why not just replace him with a cybernetic golem? Because, like, I, apparently the new, the soon family has an ironclad fucking uh, copyright proof. <laughs> Patent on was positronic it? technology because no one in the Federation can fucking get this shit done except for the Soons. They've got all of Soon was actively working. I'm telling you, with, he could have like you're telling me stuff, he right? couldn't he couldn't build another golem. Of course he could. Of course like that's he the could. one thing. It's like oh, that I, I did Soji just... take that with her? Is like he, she took all the records when her species left. But he's the he's the sole inventor. Like, <laughs> oh man, I know it doesn't make any sense. I, Everyone I should be positronic golems at this point, right? Yeah, or it should be an option for anyone for sure. They're so much better. No disease. Oh, you got a disease? We got a cure for that. It's yeah. we're gonna put you in a positronic golem. Golem, yeah. golem. <laughs> at, in fact, to do it at birth. Forget this doom from yeah. the womb. Just like uh, you can make them age. Apparently. True. Make him die. We got, if you old, want. We got old old man data lore before soon here. We got um, old man Picard who's still going to age to his death because yeah. it didn't seem right to make him immortal. I I don't know. I've never this never sat right with me. But, but this yeah, scene is like shit. creaking from the logical contradictions of like you know I guess a twenty four year old guy who's like I'm I'm like uh, that that Japanese teacup that's being mended with gold only it's whiskey. And he's like being so extra about it. He's like, how did you survive it? And Picard's like, well, I got to be about 90. Mm-hmm. Came a problem and they put me in a robot. There you yeah. go. Like, dude, you've got Might like 75 years of not only that, but, you know, God knows what Starfleet will come up with in the next seven mm-hmm. years. I, I, I just didn't buy this being a huge problem. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Although his seems to manifest uh, in violently more negative ways. And it also is like, you know, the fact that like he only got bad things from Picard and only mm. get, like I, that's and the, they, I like that they, res- you know, they resolve that tension a little bit by the end of the episode. So it's it's fine. Right. No, I, I kind of like it. He's got some real bad news here uh, and he's pissed off about it. All right. So the they 
that Seven says are here turns out to be Worf and Rafi. They transport over to the Titan. Worf gets reacquainted with his old shipmates. Rafi says a small, a very small hello to Seven. And then they get right down to business. Uh, Worf and Rafi explain the situation with the changelings, tell them about their Daystrom heist. They're planning to get the project manifest from the primary vault, but it's protected by a pretty brutal AI. They said they got the device that can shut it down for a little while. And so Picard asks for volunteers. Um, this is, yeah, I, again, Worf is the delight. I love how Classic. he rolls off. Like, it's been 11 years, seven months, and six days, minus your infrequent messages and annual gifts of sour mead. Dude. And Picard's like, sour mead? And he's like, oh, the Riker's like, because he's loving. Uh, he's like, oh, it's your Chateau Picard. And Worf, it's quite tart. It's, it's fun. It's Picard so really taking it in the shorts in this episode. His genetics, his vineyard, all insulted in the span of two scenes. Yeah. Uh, and I like I like Beverly hugging him because, you know, he says he's not a hugger. I thought the look on Worf's face is he's kind of a hugger. He kind of liked it. Yeah. I mean, why not at this point? He's a meditator. Um, he's a tea drinker. He's a hugger. Come on. I love I love Riker's constant like amazement at like you know like Worf. What happened to you? You used to go to Ryza and fight and fuck. What you're not now? You're some zinned out warrior. What what's going on here? I I like him being unable to figure out Worf. Uh, what'd you make of the mm-hmm. Raffi Seven reunion? It was like I said, surprisingly abbreviated. Uh, there, okay, okay. There seems to be like. Not animosity, just like a standoffishness between the two of them. That yeah, I wonder who left. It's awkward. I don't know. Was was like Rafi being like, you know, I'm getting recruited into Starfleet intelligence, and Seven's like, you know, they're offering me to command of a star or a second command of a starship, and mm-hmm. you know, instead of like one of us not following our dreams, we'll just both do it, and we'll see what happens later. But like, I don't know. There was some kind of awkwardness there. Totally. And we'll get a little bit more on that here in a, uh, another scene, the next bit. scene, but not much. They they really didn't address it as much as I expected them to in this reunion. Yeah. Because, um, boy, like, last season, it was hot and cold with him. Uh, I forgot, you know, they, they reminded us a lot of things. Like, have you forgotten that Starfleet won the war, Dominion War by essentially using a biological weapon on them? And yeah, recapping DS9. That that traumatized the you know the, the 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 great link and left scars and shame and wounded pride and you know it's it's kind of like a Treaty of Versailles situation where you know you've had the you you you, you had this uh, nation defeated and uh, uh and and they're kind of sulking and remembering the good old days and you know now they're ready to 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 launch and lash back out. Hmm. Yeah, at least um, some of them. Yeah, the, uh, I like Parkard saying burgle, and I like Riker being delighted by it. Yeah, that's a little weird to me. Like, Picard, yeah, Riker making fun of the way Picard speaks. That's never that's never been a thing. I Picard, uses I don't a know. Lot like of... that one episode where they're all making fun of him because he played with ships in the bottle and every and Worf and Data and Riker. Like, who plays ships in a bottle? Like, no, every everyone's clowning. It, it did happen occasionally, but I think it's like yeah. Riker's a little bit more free to make fun of Picard because of their different stations in life and the fact that honestly Picard needs someone needs to make fun of him because he <laughs> sure he takes was a fucking away. mess in the season in terms of command. 
Yeah, maybe it was just the placement of the joke. It was just like a weird time to do it, but huh. I don't know. It was maybe like the one strange point of the episode for me. And they're mixing a little bit of Star Trek for like, it's so funny what a remix oh, of the classic Trek movies these plots are because the only way to clear our names and save Starfleet, that's that's literally the plot of Star Trek four. Like we are in mm-hmm. a bunch of hot water. We got this boosted Klingon ship. Uh, the Federation is getting, you know, fucking need in the groin. Let's go back and save him, and and maybe maybe it'll it'll make a difference in our court martialing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of wild how we've had already Wrath of Khan, we've had Undiscovered Country, and now we're getting um you know Voyage Home, which was the backbone of last season. They're just kind of jukeboxing it. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing to me. You know, we've had this whole season where you've got a captain like Shaw who thinks very little of Picard and Riker and guys like them who are out there stirring shit up and and on adventures that are maybe, you know, ill ill conceived and just bad ideas all around. But like I can't think of a Star Trek that that hasn't happened in. Show me a captain who doesn't get involved in ridiculous shit all the right. time, and yeah. I'll show you a show that is not Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the ones that are like out there on the leading edge exploring. Mm-hmm. Like you're you know, that's the this space is a dangerous place full of mystery, and you're gonna get every once in a while sucked into a dimension of pain or fucked with by the norm. Di- yeah. Like yeah. Shaw's the weird one here. You're the oddball. I've you haven't encountered that, an alien civilization and nearly broken the prime directive. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? See, I've always wondered, was Enterprise like, because they always talk about it's a legendary ship. Maybe Enterprise was because it was on these exploration missions. Maybe they there are a handful of ships that get the brunt of the crazy shit. And like 90% of Starfleet is just Border Patrol and running supplies to different, sure you know, is, yeah. and, and doing Freighter scientific research. Are not gonna yeah, be like in the stuff. heart of Federation space where everything's been mapped out and there's no anomalies and I don't know. I could, but, I could but, see but it the Titan is a ship of exploration. Like th- that's the thing that kills me about Shaw is the Titan yes. is an exploration ship. It should be on the frontiers. It shouldn't You're be right. running shouldn't supplies, be. medical supplies to planet to planet. Yeah. So why hasn't he gotten into any scrapes? Well, he's a more conservative captain, I guess. I guess he just tucks tail, tucks tail and run. He he sees the, I don't know, uh, launch a beacon, so we he know sees... where it's at, and then let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, let the yeah, let the galaxy class boys deal with this. <laughs> I guess so. The so- let's the sovereign class boys deal with this. I guess is the new generation. Uh, so sevens is an awkward goodbye to Rafi and sees off the volunteers who are Riker, Rafi, and Worf. They beam to Daystrom and disarm the hostile AI. Uh, another great scene for Worf, man. I have gone into battle with lovers countless times. It can be... Oh, thank God. That was a relief. I was practicing seat. She says, <laughs> yeah. It, his, yeah. His reaction to them... His noticing that they are lovers, his reaction to it, and then his, his gratefulness that he doesn't have to deal with both of them on the mission. So good. Because it's also like he's he's practicing deceit, but we know enough about Worf to know the truth behind this because we've seen mm-hmm. Worf and his fiance and oh, they're God. like, 
courtship rituals and breakups and all that kind of stuff and it seems kind of insane but like his mm-hmm. like i've <laughs> gone into battle with lovers countless times <laughs> it's so but it's it's also true because like he had the whole thing with jack zia too uh-huh, they got yeah. th- I, I forgot yeah so like all the it's, time it's, it honors the history it's funny as fuck mm-hmm. um yeah it's uh it's good and also like i i love riker's reaction to Worf going into this dangerous mission where there might be combat and he's like i've i've changed i prefer pacifism and riker as they're teleporting is like oh we're all gonna die because <laughs> mm-hmm. Worf is the one guy we can rely on to like go in the berserk mode and kick ass and we can't even do that anymore yep <laughs> oh you know that actually pays off too later in the episode because riker's the one that does mm-hmm. the crazy you know rear guard action that kind of saves the group not not Worf. true you think they would have had Alexander? You think they've got Alexander? Like they had somebody, they, they had Rafi's kid. I They had Deanna love... and they had Alexander. Did Alexander um, survive like the Deep Space Nine era? I assume. God, they're going to kill a kid. I know he was like 17 or something by that time. I would but... love to see Alexander. Either the original kid, that'd be the best if he's still alive mm-hmm. and acting. Um, or like a recast yeah yeah that'd be that'd be awesome i really enjoy cool. seeing uh burton or uh jordy laforge and his daughters that's really fun yes it was um, all right uh, what, yeah I, I didn't what did the the ai system like when it's like counting down to kill them and then as soon as they get the key it's like oh have fun and, and remember no food or beverages in the research area <laughs> now this is the black ops site. This is not I, a I museum. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, there's, I don't know. It's, this is such a funny episode. Maybe, maybe you could pull back the humor a little bit, but. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's for the benefit of the section 31 employees, but. Maybe, it's, but it's, it's like a little it's weird. Yeah. Specifically delivered to uh, uh, put the visitors. So I don't know who vis- is visiting this this section thirty one black site, but whatever. It's admirals, I guess. Generals. I don't know. And then you're going to tell a general not to have coffee, Come right? On. Anyway, uh, Federation changelings find the Titan and force them to run. Uh, Picard warns Will the about the presence of the changelings and then promises to return leaving the burglars on their own stranded yeah the lavar or um i keep on saying lavar burton jordy's kid sydney says a whole mess about these being echelon class vessels with traceable payloads that if they get hit by fire that they're going to yeah. be like you know glow- I, that didn't make a lot of sense to me and also there's definitely two different types of vessels here. They're not all echelon class. I, I thought that was weird. Like they're already yeah, tracking. I, I thought the them. weapons What's the... they were using mm. were that class, maybe. Oh, they're echelon class weapons because you mentioned yeah. it. Like they're like super powerful, and if they hit you, you're also tagged. But boy, yeah, they... like radioactive isotopes that I guess they could just scan the entire galaxy for. Which yes, yeah, that's I don't know, but okay, always a little. With well, subspace scanners, are faster than light too. Um, uh huh. I don't know. I thought it was interesting because they warp out under just heavy fire that like the Titan just barely squeaks out of there without any of those blasts hitting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we get Worf's team traversing Section 31 storage. They're picked up by the AI scanners and it responds to the security threat with a holographic crow. And then Worf finds the mainframe, but Moriarty shows up and greets them with the pistol. Uh, I was delighted 
Because again, I I think just last episode, we're like, how the fuck are they going to get Moriarty shoehorned in this plot? Mm-hmm. But Section 31 using this malevolent AI or a version of it to guard their facility seems that's a really fucking it's interesting. Smart. Yeah, yeah, I loved I, it. And this is where like they press down the nostalgia pedal and they don't let up till the end of the oh episode because all of these different Section 31 exhibits or storage chambers, I guess, have something of significance, right? You've got the Genesis device. Uh, you've got the body of Kirk, and this is a little bit of foreshadowing too, which I really enjoyed. By the time I re- they revealed what they had stolen from Daystrom, uh huh. Um, you've got a Borg vin- vinculum, which is basically like one of their their collective brains, essentially from one of their ships. Oh, is that what that was? Because there's one exhibit I had no idea what the fuck it was supposed to be. Yeah, I I had to go like research this. Um. And I basically I could tell it said Borg, but I couldn't tell what the second word was. And I'm like, okay, Borg, what? Borg ship? Borg something? Found it. Yeah, it's a a computer core essentially from one of the Borg ships. It's one of their hive minds has all yeah mm-hmm. the collective data from all of their minds. Interesting. Uh, uh, the you genetically modified Tribble yep. was scary looking. <laughs> Jesus, the attack Tribble. Yeah, the attack Tribble. Uh. Yeah, they've got the uh, section 31 just keeps all the super weapons that Kirk and company have discovered over the years just goes to here, apparently. And wh- why are they storing the bodies of famed Starfleet officers? I don't know. Cloning for for is it the, is it like some kind of demolition man protocol that like if uh, Khan ever comes back, they can decant Kirk or clone him because he's the perfect Maybe. foil for him? Or is it to like keep the bodies out of the hands of the enemies so like people can't clone Admiral Kirk and do what they're trying to do apparently with Admiral Picard's body maybe or maybe it's just for Star Trek meta for them to keep Kirk around in some form so that when CG gets cheap enough Mm. and William Shatner finally signs over the rights to his likeness for all eternity they can just do another series with him yeah, man, I don't know. It's uh, maybe they're like Walt Disney. They do it cause, you know. Sure. Just, just, just keep him frozen in in uh, cryogenic sleep. Just, just because you know, who knows? Who knows when you might need him again? Yeah, maybe it was at Kirk, Kirk's request. Like as he's coming out of the Nexus, he's signing documents that say, "Yeah, keep my body on ice." Did you remember the data dreamed about crows? And like that episode where he starts in investigating the dream sequences. I, I, yeah, I didn't either. I looked it up. I guess that's that, that tracks it's legit, but mm-hmm. like it was, I might consider myself a pretty big TNG fan, but when the, when the crow came up, I'm like, what the fuck? Cause I it also, the, when it was analyzing it, it was like, you know, coming up with custom countermeasures for like Riker. And I'm like, so I was mm-hmm. thinking like, what's the crow connection of the Riker? But apparently this was all to tell us that this was connected to data. Yeah, I immediately recognized the scenes of Riker meeting Data for the first time. I was like, a hundred percent. As soon as they did Pop Goes the Weasel, I was like, yeah, that's when he first met him. Uh, I do. Yeah, when we get to that, I'm. I don't know about the whole Pop Goes the Weasel being the <laughs> password for the facility, but I mean, Data's. Yeah, I guess if Data can exert that much control, why can't he just shut down the AI? But eh, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, the Titan arrives at eighth and prime, I think, uh, where the fleet museum orbits. They're hailed by Geordi LaForge, 
and Picard asks for his help. Jordy beams over, and after hugging Beverly, and Beverly alone, uh, he gets right down to business. Apparently, Jordy and Crash aren't on the best of terms. Yeah, things are pretty frosty, and her sister, uh, Alondra, because LaForge has three canonical daughters. We haven't met the middle one, I don't think, but in the All Good okay. Things, Picard rattles off their names. Uh, so yeah, Londra, this is actual Mika Burton. This is LaFor- This is Jordy. God, now I can't get in the other way. <laughs> this is LeVar Burton's actual biological daughter. Nice. And I thought that was really cool. And I also thought that they had pretty good chemistry as a family when she's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do, you know, like uh, Sydney looks to her. He's like, I'll do what I can. You know, like I'll be the try, try to calm the old man down because he's mm-hmm. he's all uh, an uproar about something. Yeah, uh, I, I really loved seeing Jordy again for the first time. I think the the snow white beard is a real good look for him. It is. It is. Burton's a handsome it. dude, man. I follow him on Twitter and he just mm-hmm. seems like he's I don't know, he seems like a good guy. He's like seems uh, great. Yeah, out of out of that like kind of Mr. Rogers uh he's he's out of that Mr. Rogers Bob Ross mold and he's mm-hmm. the only one we got left alive. Yeah. So I like him. He's a cool cool dude. Controversial opinion. LeVar Burton, cool dude. Why why won't he hug Picard? Like I know he's I seen him more recently, but like what, it's twenty year limit on hugs? Well, I think this was delivered because like everyone's kind of pissed at Beverly because she she ghosted him for 20 years. So I think mm-hmm. it's like like when he's like, I don't know whether to, you know, in the microsecond before teleporting, I'm not sure to hug you or, you know, kick you in your pubic mound. Um, <laughs> I think that was that was, it wasn't like this was the entire like he's seen the crew and been in contact with them. Yeah. It's like this is for particularly Beverly, I guess. Still. No hugs, no hugs all around. Why not? The scene would be five minutes long if you hugged everybody, right? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> there's like seven. There's seven original bridge crew guys standing in this uh, tractor <laughs> beam. Oh, it's the teleporter room. So, yeah. Um, all right, Jordy's displeased with the state of Picard's mission. He uh, Picard asked Jordy to help him create more Titan beacons, but it won't do any good apparently because the Titan is a beacon itself, and all the ships in the fleet are networked. Um, I thought this Finally. was a cool detail over his over his dead body. Essentially, they they did uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, the finally, the twenty first century, the Federation's finally managed to network their fleet together. Wow, I I, I like that Jordy was fighting it because it, it's I I don't know it, it leans a little scarily toward Borg technology for oh, me. It I leans see. a little bit toward like a security risk of centralizing too much of the Federation yeah. operations. And it's like Battlestar Galactica. The reason the Galactica is exactly because it had the old systems that weren't interlinked. And, and if they're mucking around with AI, I mean, look at mm. the Cylons, right? That's, they are. that's essentially AI that came back on us. So like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I liked that. He was a little skeptical of doing that. Sure. Cause I would be too. Uh, but I'm I'm really digging his eyes. They they look more lifelike in here, but you can still see that they're very robotic. Um, Striking blue too. They're like a, a lot of different shades. Blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it is it is it is like with between the white hair and these like unnaturally blue eyes, it just cuts a striking figure. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, changelings continue patrolling the area around the Daystrom Institute. There isn't much here. Um, they're they're doing sweeping searches, I guess, making sure that the Titan doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Rafi is confused by Moriarty's presence. They try and shoot him, but he's a hologram, so it doesn't have any effect. Uh, Riker hears a bunch of musical notes and identifies them as Pop Goes the Weasel as we see flashbacks of Riker meeting Data for the first time. He whistles the tune and the vault opens and the AI Moriarty shuts down. Uh, inside, he finds someone who looks just like Data. We'll find out more about that. They're taking shit all the way back to Farpoint Station. That was wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a little the buzzed. As striker. clever as I think it is that Moriarty is the murderous AI that is guarding Section 31's toy box, I'm kind of bummed that this is almost certainly the only time we'll see him. I yeah. was really hoping that he would have a major villain arc because mm-hmm. uh, they got the original actor back. I mean, it's such a it's a, such a cool concept. He was one of the great one episode villains that I thought, sure, if you'd asked me as a 13 year old when I'd first seen that episode where they put him in the ship in the bottle, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no fucking way that we won't see Moriarty again. He's going to eventually get out of that thing and be pissed off that they've tricked him. And he's going to take it and and then what's going to happen or it had been a great movie hook, but they never have done mm-hmm. anything with it. And now they did something, but it was like it's a it's a funny gag and it makes a lot of sense. But I kind of was hoping for more. Yeah, I, I was, too, um, especially when you see him make such a grand entrance, uh, both in the trailer and then here. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, what a great villain he could have been. Right? And he is. He makes a great interest. I, I mm-hmm. thought that it'd be a much bigger deal to take him out. And I'm still not sure why the pop goes to Weasel actually works. Because Data wants it to. But it's because so Data has partially taken over the Section 31. And yeah, and he, I think so. He was uh, because he was there in the presence. He was some on, on some level aware the theft was happening. And he's like instinctually reaching out to his friends. Mm hmm. Giving them the uh, out, making the out for him, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I guess that makes like that, that that makes sense. Eh, yeah, and, uh, you know, if they find the, a way, uh... if they find a way to, to unleash Moriarty at the end of the season on like Vedic ship or something, that would mm-hmm. be the icing on the cake. But I'm, <laughs> that I, I was pleased cool. how they used him. I just wish they could use him more. Yeah, I find it hilarious Moriarty talking about our frail human husks and the scars and the aging and like you haven't aged a day buddy sure whatever talk about our aging <laughs> yeah they and they have digital de-aging technology uh-huh. they could have they could have taken 20 years off this guy and they, they did it with the Lancy, but they did yeah not this guy uh all right jordy lays out why he can't help picard and they argue about it and alondra his daughter leaves and goes to apologize to crash for something I forget what probably for Jordy's behavior because mm, mm-hmm. he's such a crank uh, but it, it, yeah, makes sense. it makes sense Jordy like you know we've we've seen Shaw be pissed that uh, Picard's taking this awful risk with his ship and crew and now Jordy's the same thing only with is like I can't believe you're it's one th- I mean it's hypocritical the whole like oh it's fine when I put myself at risk for Starfleet but I can't believe you are endangering my daughters with this kind of stuff but it mm-hmm. eh I, it's it's also an understandable human impulse and it doesn't like derail the rest because like, I do think I still think it's kind of crazy that Shaw just got on board with you know saving Jack because it was like if he's just some random dude give him over to this the strike but oh it's Picard's son I guess we can't do that like that kind of bothered me but this is like yeah Jordy of course he's going to be concerned with his daughters it's going to last about a quarter of an episode and he's going to be talked into it <laughs> of course because when there's an interesting engineering problem to solve yeah that 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 never hurts either 
No, I, I like this scene a lot because Picard's coming to him already with his family in trouble and asking Jordy to endanger his own family. He should see how big of an ask this is. He should mm-hmm. intuitively understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jordy has to kind of spell it out to him in no uncertain terms. Yeah, no. And by the end, you know, we get to a point where I think it's really, you know, I, profound is giving it too much credit, but it comes yeah. to a to a satisfying conclusion at the end of the episode. Uh, Jack and Seven take a virtual tour of the Fleet Museum with Jack mm, displaying his knowledge of the fleet. I Can we talk about that? Yeah. Because not only... I think what he's really doing is displaying his ability to read because literally on the control panel that Seven is hitting, as he's leaned over looking at it, the names of the ships are coming up. Literally on the hulls of these ships the names of the ships are printed. <laughs> like, you don't have to be a goddamn historian to know that this is defiant when it says defiant across the top. But he or also knew its context, right? A. Like, you know, he knew he knew the like who was the pilot and why it was significant. And On some of these, on some of these, he's just like, oh, yeah, that's the defiant. Uh, right, that's true. I, I, I guess got to check out the big brain on Jack, right? <laughs> like... Did you think it was a commentary on Voyager's overall popularity in the fan base that Jack had no idea what the fuck the Voyager was? Or is that actually in universe uh, that Voyager's all of his exploits happened far outside Federation space? And like, mm, I'm sure it was a curiosity mm-hmm. when it returned to the Federation, but I, I'm sure it, it it probably in universe wouldn't be as big as any of the Enterprises or the Defiant or. You're probably right. They never saved the galaxy, right? I mean. Yeah, they saved themselves from the other side of the galaxy, but that's mm-hmm. not nearly as impressive as actually saving the place you're from. Yeah, the Alpha Quadrant, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Uh, I thought it was kind of hilarious. I, I was actually like thinking, oh, they're going to name check the Defiant, and that's going to be it. But then they go to New Jersey, the Enterprise, uh, Kirk's what's Enterprise, the new, Enterprise. What's a. the New Jersey famous for? Uh, I don't remember. I know a lot of people build the model of it. But I couldn't tell you really? why. Yeah, I can't. I can't figure out why the New Jersey, uh, with a quick like with a, with a, a quick Google search, is famous within. It looks like it's a famous ship in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the Iowa okay. class battleships. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have no, and it looks like it's a heavy battle cruiser. Which maybe that's just um, an interesting thing in Star Trek. But yeah, if you if you fucking know why the New Jersey is is a big swinging dick in Star Trek lore, uh, Picard at BoldMove.com. Because I would like to know. Sure, but they've got Kirk's Enterprise. They got the Voyager. Obviously, they they have the HMS Bounty. And like, I was really kind of sad for Worf. I guess that he wasn't here to witness this because mm-hmm. you know they've got a Klingon battleship in the museum sure. which i think would be cool to him but the defiant is like his ship right right I, he took that into battle at wolf 359 he well at the battle of terra i guess battle of terra yeah in first contact that wasn't wolf 359 did he not also take that to wolf 359 no like picard uh, everybody's too late to get the, the the enterprise was famously too late to get the 359 Worf was still on the Enterprise. He was still on the during... Enterprise at that point? In season oh, three? Yeah, of Star Trek? 
Yeah, I guess you're right. That's when that did happen. Well, I was thinking it was much later and he was already over at the DS9. But yeah, he no. piloted or captained yeah, the he, Defiant he, for a he long didn't move time. To, he didn't move to Deep Space Nine until after season seven right. of Star Trek. So uh-huh. um, I do have some questions because, OK, fair enough. You pull off the HMS bounty from the bottom of the San Francisco Bay. Mm-hmm. It was hard to find because his cloaking device reactivated. Obviously, this is going to be a cool part of the plot. How the hell did they get Kirk's, not just the NCC-1701, but how the hell did they get the NCC-1701A? Because that thing got scattered above the Genesis planet. That thing got self-destructed, and we saw it burning up in orbit as Kirk and McCoy and Scotty looked on in horror at the bottom, or or on the planet. I don't know. Is this another constitution that they refitted to look like, you know, as like a replica? Could they because like I, I or did they find like one or two beams that was crashed onto the surface the, like titanium beams uh, Dura steel beams and you know it's a like ship of Theseus type of situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would love to know how the hell they got the NCC 1701A so I am not up museum. on my Star Trek lore from like recent shows like disco for instance but mm-hmm. they have disco ships in here too how, how does that work destroyed? how do they tie together like di- the, the discovery the disco enterprise and yeah. kirk's enterprise how are those connected Ooh, i don't actually right. know because could those even exist in the same universe well it's, it's all before like that was all like in the pike era so that was before kirk took over for the enterprise so this is i think okay. kirk's enterprise before it became Kirk's Enterprise. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to go reading deep. But into also they the, played, they, they were playing with the lizard Alpha. Klingons too. And now we got war. It's like, there's, there's a lot of messy things, including disco and oh, the yeah. main canon with all the reboots and the movies. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, who the fuck knows? And disco. I, I really don't know. I haven't kept up on that stuff, uh, but it's all here. Like if you're uh, interested in any, like I said, anything other than like, <laughs> Enterprise, Enterprise, uh, you're going to see something here for you. Yeah. Enterprise fans, stay mad. Yeah. Um, I I definitely like saw where all these breadcrumbs were going as I'm sure. watching this. I'm like, oh, oh, they're introducing Jack's love of starships. You know, they have to establish that. Yeah. Even though he's not in Starfleet, he still loves starships so that later he can Oh, and they also need to establish the cloaking idea so that he can later come up with a fabulous solution based on cloaking. Yeah, and they also they're setting up uh, you know a new, a new seven arc that she's you know trying to find a new family she'd found it on the Inter- or the Voyager. Um, you know they've been talking about like in the last season how they were kind of a family, and you see where this is all going. Obviously, Jerry Ryan's going to be in Fast Eleven. <laughs> But no, I, I think uh, it's it seems obvious that they're going to go. This family route's going to have her and Rafi getting back together. And uh-huh. at the end Could of this, be. like, but but yeah, I, I do wonder what the shape of the end of the season is, because everyone said that this is the last Picard and they got mm-hmm. everyone back together and they got seven finding a new family. But it seems like the logical thing to do would be break them all apart again, because like, why the fuck would they ever serve on the same starship again? Sure. They're all going to work at the museum with Jordy. That'd actually be super cool, but. Yeah, they'll all have to retire. 
I it's mean, the most boring version of Deep Space Nine ever. Okay, it's a deep, it's a it's a space station, but it's just a museum, and it's crewed exclusively by has been Starfleet officers from all the great TV shows. Mm-hmm. So they just, I mean, that that'd be a funny sitcom. Yeah, I mean, this is why you know a show usually focuses on the crew of a single starship because you right. can get to know them over time. They are naturally bound together. But we already know these guys. Just have this old starship. It's just a it's a it's a thirty minute sitcom where Jordy is is running the museum. He's always trying to fix up the ships, and Worf's always breaking shit, and Picard's always trying to like talk him into taking one out of the mothball and and, and taking a lap around the nebula, <laughs> and Riker and Deanna are always raising hell in the background. That's like that's I that sounds like a lot of fun to me. I was gonna say, yeah, you could have Jordy literally doing a this old house just with a ship, this old uh, starship, and and all of his buddies are you know like uh, plumbers, and uh, he's the electrician and uh, the the plasma conduit engineer. Yeah, he's giving he's always giving tips. Now you got to watch out these twenty uh, fourth century plasma conduits; they'll just uh-huh. eat the organics right off your you know right <laughs> eat the flesh right off your yeah. bones and. Matter of fact, one of the times my buddy Data used that to take out the Borg Queen. That, that's, yeah. Worf's the general I, I, contractor, yeah. Uh, Riker is the, <laughs> the gardening guy, right? Uh, we are behind schedule and over budget. <laughs> uh-huh. They have discontinued the plasma conduits that we used. In the, yeah, no, I, that, that'd be funny. Yeah. They would never make that show. No. Uh, yeah, man, they could animate that. Could, they could do that could be an episode of Star Trek uh, Lower Decks, though. Sure. That's exactly yeah. the kind of thing they could animate. Yeah, you can get uh get all those characters to do it. That'd be fun. Get Jordy over there. Shields up. Here comes the ads. At ease, Ensigns. Welcome back to the podcast maneuver. Uh yes, Evan talks um a little about her history on Voyager with Jack here. Uh then Jack makes a poetic observation about the universe, which Seven claims is just like his father. Uh, and then we kind of roll on here to Riker guessing that Data was trying to reach out to them, but it's not Data per se. Boy, they, they really have to go travel a country mile here to get to this explanation. Um, Ravi activates a hollow message from Soong, who claims he regrets his actions because he was working against evolution rather than embracing change. Uh, turns out he was trying to put into the new data golem a bit of all the variations of data which is lore and lol and b4 and data himself but he died before he could complete it yeah he's working on an integration project that was going to synthesize all of the positronic matrixes into one Mm -hmm. which seems like a really dumb idea but you know what the soons have always been a little eccentric it's the future baby embrace it uh yeah, and apparently Section 31 was trying to, like, uh, I don't know if continue his work is the right word or co-opt his work co-opt. for yeah, their that's, pur- that's purposes. that's what I was getting, sure. Yeah. Um, and here we get to see, like, the Disco Enterprise and all that stuff. Uh, and then also kind of during this scene, Jordy's lamenting the traits that he passed on to Crash, uh, his daughter, and Picard one-ups him with one of those poetic observations about <laughs> family. Um, he says he wants to help Picard, but he wants to protect his children more. So he can't. I gave my son Jumanji. <laughs> Jordy, Jumanji, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like passing down your... your uh, 
Was it a genetic thing? Why aren't any of his daughters blind? Huh. I don't know if that is a genetic thing. Uh, I, I'm I pretty sure they explained why he lost his eyes and, and mm-hmm. whether it was a congenital thing or whether it was uh, something that, that happened to him. But I took a I, spray yeah, of plasma in the face. I don't. I don't think I don't that was think it. So. I, th- no. I thought it was like it, it, it maybe even from a young, but the, man, there's some of this, some of that lore I know is from like fucking old Bantam novels and shit. So like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, there is a scene of four year old Jordy, like worried about losing his eyes or something. And who knows if that's <laughs> even canon, but I, I thought this was pretty poignant because, like, you know, I got the, uh, yeah, I got a, a teenager and that is the thing as a parent that tends to make the most, or at least it's been. The most amount of stress for me is that, like, you know, when when the the, the baby's in your arms, you're thinking, "Ah, oh, it's the perfect child," and it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach them how to be the best, you know, version of it so that that they can be, and et cetera, et cetera. And then they start growing up, and you realize you're distressed that not only did they pick up all the things that you admire about yourself, they also have a good amount of your flaws, physical, psychological, uh, things you probably passed on to them just through, you know, your own stupid habits, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's. Uh, uh, it clearly bugs Jordy as much as it does me. You know, it feels like he's being visited by the sins of his past. And you know, um, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, what did what did Jordy think about his parents? You know, like <laughs> Mister Mrs. LaForge, like he's out gallivanting mm-hmm. on the Galaxy Class Starship, and they're worried about him. But now he's the guy worrying, and he don't like it. I, well, I, they I, were, it makes they were galaxy wide terrorists, so he he was right. actually a step up. They were like really fire breathing radical members of the uh, uh, Maquis. <laughs> sure. um, I, I I don't know. I I, I think it's uh, what, what I like about this is like it, it made it makes a lot of sense and it's resolved within the episode. It wasn't like something where Jordy can just mm-hmm. be an asshole for three episodes. That wouldn't be fun. No. Um, no, you don't want to bring Jordy back just to have him be a dick the whole time. Yeah. I, of all the people they brought back with in 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 sideways crosswise situations, I thought this one made the the most the, the most sense and it was resolved quickly and satisfactorily. Yeah, and I love that he's working at a museum because he probably does get to do some of those restoration projects, right? Like he's an administrator, mm-hmm. but also I'm sure he gets his hands dirty oh, on those ships. He gets his hands dirty, of course. Yeah. What what better fate for a guy like him, right? I, I mean, the yeah. only other better fate I think would be to just retire and literally like we said do a this old starship where yeah, you just kind of like build a, starships from scratch be like an old mechanic retiring to Jay Leno's garage like that's totally. just the best right mm-hmm. uh, so Picard sends Crash to speak with Jordy at his request uh, Jordy tells her that he and Picard came up with a plan to get her off the hook for the Titan stuff she says she can't leave the Titan uh, has to remind him that the crew is her family, just like he taught her. Oh, man, this is the other parental thing, I assume, when your own words come back to haunt mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. They'll throw, oh, those kids love to throw that shit back in your face. And it's almost like, like, how can Jordy be saying this? Like, they're uh-huh. not your family, you know, it's, it's, it, or they say, it's my crew, they're not your family. Yes, they are. You're the one who like, how can Jordy LaForge be saying this shit? But of course, it, like, it it's feels the borderline of. Uh, like borderline offensive for Jordy to be saying this, like from a writing right. perspective, right? Like that's not... but he realized. But it's like, yeah, it's it's something you do that you did get you do get occasionally hoisted on your own petards as a parent, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he got hoisted on with... his petard on Star Trek Picard, and that's the worst <laughs> type of hoisting you can get. 
And like everything, he's like, you look, you just have to leave this a Starfleet. I am Starfleet. Like that was a great line yeah. too. Like, yeah. look at me, I'm in a uniform and everything. Um, and I also like the fact that Jordy like was when you were before he beca- before they retconned him into being the chief engineer. He was the the con. He 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 was the helmsman of the Enterprise. Oh yeah. And he's sitting in exactly the same spot, in exactly the same uniform, and exactly the same rank as Sydney is right now. And mm-hmm. that shit makes it all. And again, it's because like Jordy's not an asshole about it. It's like as he's getting just completely demolished by his daughter's logic, he's like giving ground. And like at the end, he's like, "Yeah, you're She's right." right. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I agree with her. And uh, sure. like the, I like how they re- they illuminated her crash reputation as like a lot of times she wrecked her speeder crafts, not because she was not able to control it, but because it gave her an excuse to spend more time with her dad because her dad, like that's the thing that they did together, even though she was more <laughs> yeah. interested as a pilot. And like, I don't know how that carried across in the Starfleet. Was he like uh-huh. the Starfleet Academy me- garage mechanic or something? And she was wrecking shuttlecraft, but it, yeah, it, it is, is pretty, it's pretty nice character turn. Yeah, sure. Um, Picard decides that they have to take on the ships at Daystrom themselves. And he and Seven go to find Shaw for a strategy meeting. The kids, in the meantime, cook up some strategy of their own involving minor larceny. I think Jack is sweet on Sydney, too, which is exciting. It That's seems like it. And it seems like Alondra uh, is, <laughs> is noticing very well, obviously. So does, so does old man LaForge by the end of the episode. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's good. Uh, I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're back on Daystrom, and they realize that the data golem is the manifest that they've been looking for. It's got the files in his head, and they start to break into the files in his mind, but the security system begins to activate again. Riker tries to contact the Titan, but they are nowhere to be found. Uh, yeah, this I, lore is the manifest. It's also beef. Like this stuff barely hangs together, mm-hmm. but it hangs together enough that I it, the ep- episode is so much fun. I didn't question it because I am like, how the hell does all this work? But yeah, whatever. and like, why? Hmm. Is this really what Section Thirty One wants as their primary defense mechanism at this facility? Mm-hmm. It feels like they barely got it operational, right? Uh let alone foolproof. And I would think you would want foolproof systems at this yeah. place. Next up, Shaw awkwardly says goodbye to Jordy, but before he can leave, the ship cloaks. Uh, Jordy accuses Picard of stealing the cloaking device from the bounty, and they realize it's actually their own kids that did it. Uh, cloak's not working perfectly, and Starfleet has apparently been alerted to the presence. Picard asks one more time for Jordy's help, and he goes to engineering to fix the cloaking device. Uh, yeah, I yeah, like I said, everything is starting to come together. Captain Shaw being this grease monkey engineer <laughs> and Jordy LaForge probably being the greatest living engineer now that mm-hmm. Scotty died in the Dyson Spear. Yeah. Um like yeah, it's that's cute. I wish I, I hope I hope we get a chance to see them actually do the geek out thing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he kind of he kind of geeks out here a little bit a little bit i'd like to see them working side by side on something because that'd yeah, be the get, real geek out moment for him get that garage that get that uh grease monkey set you built just for him to crawl under and mechanic i, I want to do mm-hmm. dueling creepers oh they both slide under they they bump they bump yeah. shoulders they turn their eye to eye underneath the the leaking warp 
drive. And then afterwards, to celebrate, they make drunken advances on a holographic Leah Brahms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going with each other, but okay, sure. Oh, yeah, that'd work too. They try yeah. to talk her into a threesome. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. And the actual Leah Brahms shows up and goes, what the fuck? Again? Yeah. I, Again with this, Jordy? Yeah, I also love uh, LaForge is getting so furious that Picard has obviously stolen his cloaking mm-hmm. advice and Picard get launching into a defense and then they both at the same time like close their eyes and says Jack and LaForge says Sydney. It's just it's yeah. just really funny. It's great. I like it. And, and Picard, you know, talking about how this is going to be another horrible thing that he's done. He's just like, add it to my tab. <laughs> Right. I'm already going to be court-martialed. I guess I'll take a super court-martialing. Yep. Uh, All right. Picard tells Riker they'll be swinging by the Institute soon and to be ready. Uh, Riker decides to take the data golem with them. Security finds Worf's team there and Riker moves to hold them off until the Titan can get to him. And he almost makes it out, but he gets hit with some device, which we'll find out is a transport inhibitor, uh, and is not transported back with the others. And Jordy gets to see Data again, though, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the transporter inhibitor darts are kind of cool. It's it's it would have been handy to have in previous seasons of Star Trek. Let me tell you what. Totally, yeah, yeah. They're really like reinventing the transporter inhibitors, right? You've got all forms of them now. I mean, sure. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a nano injection kind of thing they can do mm-hmm. uh, to keep you from transporting permanently true that would that be, be cool yeah like some kind of nanite controlled deal you just in you just, mm-hmm. just injected in or injected with um i like Worf's uh <laughs> observation about they're using superior klingon technology god um did you i thought that the the music in the scenes were it felt like the avenger score was just about to kick mm. off like, it kept on playing the first few notes of the Avenger score, but then it's like, ah, oh, we're too close to copyright. Change it up a bit. Could be. Yeah. This is very, very bombastic, heroic score as, as old man Riker takes on a whole crack team of Starfleet S-31 operatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we get Worf promising Picard that he'll find Riker, and Jack apologizes for insulting Picard's genes. Uh, in, in like the most wry way possible, which I, I really appreciated. You know, he yeah. goes on and on about all the good traits, and then he's like, all those things I got from my mother. Uh-huh. Which kind of leaves you hanging, but then he's like, and I guess I could also be brave and wise occasionally. Yeah. Maybe and, you're, maybe you're not just some bullshit disease to me, old man. Mm-hmm. It's a nice moment. I, I really liked it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Jordy tells Crash that he's proud of her. And then they wake the data golem, knowing uh, not not knowing what they'll get when they do. Turns out data just kind of recognizes everybody immediately. They ask him what was taken from Daystrom, and he starts freaking out. All these different personalities are clashing, and he's saying JL. He's calling him JL, and Picard slaps oh, him no. and says, "Don't you yeah. ever? No, no, <laughs> none of that happens." Uh, Quick, give him some does... snake leaf. It's the only thing to calm him down. <laughs> Data does project an image of JL's body, and they figure out that his remains are what they stole from Daystrom. The other yeah, weapon, the and I, I don't. I, I, my assumption here is like, what would changelings want with the body of a human? Well, they probably want to make copies of him. 
Mm-hmm. And they talked about earlier that they they somehow sampled the DNA to make those exact copies. So clearly, I I think that, and Picard's supposed to give a big speech, but like, what does that do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like they're going to copy Admiral Picard, but Admiral Picard is currently like, uh, how is this plan going to work? Because Admiral Picard, the real Admiral Picard, is currently being hunted down by Starfleet for his many crimes against it. What if he just shows up on stage, like transports onto stage with the other Picard and is like, that's an imposter. It's a changeling. But, But I'm saying like, why would they? Okay, follow my logic train here. All right. He's going to a Starfleet event. On 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 Frontiers Day to give a speech, but he's also mm-hmm. wanted by the Federation for crimes. How is he going to show up to give a speech? Like, wouldn't he be arrested on the spot, even if he's a fa- changeling? But it's, it's the shadow faction yes. of Starfleet. That, but 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 like, so it's, now he's like, a fugitive. Okay. Is is a problem? Like Picard has mucked exactly. with their plans, right? So they stole the body of Picard before Picard got into the ship. Went off. Right. Like right. it's like his value as a as a cloaked asset seems like it's not going to work because even if okay, even if you're saying like well you, Right, he's already Aaron. foiled their plan. Yeah, look Aaron. Uh you don't understand uh it's a shadow of uh, a government and def- and Starfleet is taking over. It's not all of Starfleet that wants them. Yes, but that shadow Starfleet has put out an all points bulletin for Picard. So mm-hmm. even the non-changeling ensigns that'll be guarding the facility will arrest Picard on site, right? They should. I wonder how they will get around that. Because, like I said, just Picard being infamous has destroyed the utility of his body as a covert mechanism. You would think so. And, and it, it feels like it's all, like, accidentally happened. But I still don't know the main thing, which is how Jack Crusher connects to all this. Because right. that is the thing that they've been wanting for all season right yeah Yeah, if they have picard's body what do they need jack crusher for yeah yeah especially honestly like picard's not necessarily the hardest of targets either he's just chilling at his ancient vineyard in france so like if anyone wanted the real picard it seems like and they wanted to kidnap him it wouldn't be too hard to do but i don't know well then they'd be like they can't get genetic material from that picard right because he's a robot so like oh right they might not be able to fully duplicate him from his actual living body right, they go to they sample it's like yeah did. positronic bitches right um, right but then they would just think oh yeah he was turned into a robot this is the real Picard but maybe they can't replicate the positronic beings I don't know I also love that Beverly's like this is a positronic body but it's indistinguishable from a human one and then he hollow projects from his eyeballs I'm sorry. Those are not those are not stock human eyeballs. I think you can distinguish them, Beverly. Look, run one of your micro neural scans. Like I I can't, no matter what you do to my eyeballs, pump. You know, I can't turn them into projectors. What but, shit? but but uh, Jordy LaForge can, and he's manifestly human. But he's not. His eyeballs ain't. Oh, oh, he could he could project from those eyeballs. His eyeballs sure are definitely aftermarket. That is not uh-huh. a Mark One Mod One eyeball. No, it is not. Those are all right. Well, it's Chipotheseus. It. How many prosthetics? How, like if Picard shows up with manufactured eyeballs, who bats an yeah. eye? Pun intended. Nobody. I wouldn't. Sure. Right. Right. But I wouldn't also describe his eyeballs as being indistinguishable <laughs> for a human. This is like and, the, the and, thing that always drove me crazy yeah, about Battlestar right, Galactica, right. right? 
like the Cylons, Cylons uh-huh. are indistinguishable at a genetic like scan level from humans, but they have hyperspace. Re- they can receive hyperspace messages and transfer to consciousness over hyperspace. Like what yeah. organ does that? <laughs> it's How does that work? The gall- most oh, people have had their taken out. So the in the future, they just take those out of birth. Is the transmitter the tailbone? Is the receiver? It's all those. Gall, yeah, the gallbladder is the transmitter. The spleen is the receiver. Mm-hmm. You take both of those out at birth, and now suddenly, you just yeah. don't know anymore. You just don't know True. what human parts can do. What do wisdom teeth do? They tune in radio frequencies. Ah, right. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> anyway, we've gotten off the, the real bit. path here. Uh, it's our secret to making a 47-minute episode into a 90-minute podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's what I assume is going to happen here. We'll see. I want to see where the Jack Crusher of it all comes together. Uh, but we get the final episode, or the final scene in this episode, where Riker is tortured for information on Jack's whereabouts by Vedic. Uh, he's unwilling to give up any information uh, when he's threatened, so Vedic instead threatens Deanna, who I think they've kidnapped. I think she's in a cell here and not a hollow projection. <laughs> Here's the or, other or problem, changeling? though. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. That is the number one reason why changeling torture would not work, <laughs> because you can never guarantee that they're not torturing one a fake loved one. True. Yeah, like he should just spit in Deanna's face, like, nice try, blob man. <laughs> yes. I ain't telling you shit. <laughs> Slapper. <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck you right you pile of goo oh god you could re- like a, a but real a awkward could do home. some god-awful torturing of a human being like if you like oh you like sw- a boys type thing yeah yeah like you swallow like that's like oh you just swallowed a pill that contains a changeling operative and he's gonna go twist up your guts in the pretzels mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. i like that yeah, there's a lot of nasty stuff you can do as a changeling. I mean, if you did want to fake a loved one to torture, like, I assume the changeling wouldn't really feel any of the torture in the same or way they could, that humans they could would, definitely, right? Oh, yeah, they could definitely put on a show. Like, you cut into yeah. them, and it's just like they're just parting their body. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Oh, we I cut agree. off their, their, their fingers. Well, yeah. you just grow back. <laughs> it would be funny if Riker just belts it. Nice try, <laughs> goo man. And it's like, oh, my God, no, it's actually Deanna. Uh-huh. Bullshit. <laughs> Spits on her. <laughs> Give me the knife. I'll do it myself. That's right. You think you can... I know how you Dominion types work. <laughs> yeah, so that's the end of the episode. We've got a real conundrum for Riker here. Yeah, and he says, how much of that goose shit did they put in you? Like, I did, there is some kind of, like... Maybe the idea, they, these guys are, like, half half changeling half regular people um so they can hold their know. solid remains I'm, a little longer you know i think that is just the the drinking the kool-aid metaphor i don't think this is fizz i don't think he's talking physically about goo inside humans why does that uh hmm, okay why did v- vedic or vatic why did she this this the starfleet that's hunting Riker is also the changelings, right? Mm-hmm. So why is she stealing them from the other changelings? Is there like a f- shadow faction of the shadow faction? Stealing them from other changelings. I'm not following. 
Yeah, like who? Starfleet had Riker mopped up and was torturing him, and the person torturing him turned out to be Vatic, and mm-hmm. she turned on the other Starfleet officers that had him there, and she shot them. And I thought those other Starfleet people oh, yes. were also changelings. Maybe not. It, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, because they don't have all of Starfleet. They mm-hmm. just have key parts of Starfleet. Yeah, that might make sense. I, I imagine I like confused, the commanders though. of the ships are, but like right. they're underlings the who will do file. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it was the low level security people that had like infiltrated uh, uh Rolaren's outfit. So I was I was I was mm-hmm. just honest. I thought this was like I took this as like some kind of break within the faction, but maybe I was just not understanding what they're putting down there. Yeah, hey, it could be. But we'll see next episode indeed that'll do it for this week of picard if you'd like to send us feedback please do so at picard at baldmove.com you can also follow us on twitter twitter.com slash baldmove to keep up with all the stuff we're doing hey man we're doing a lot uh we're i've already started our lady lady jackets our yellow jackets our lady yellow jackets our yellow jackets coverage um we're just wrapped up our last of us coverage we are hip deep in Mandalorian. If you like another beloved uh, science fiction franchise, all kinds of stuff at baldmove.com. You can follow us at Twitter. Um, and then finally, if you'd like to support us, if you like to keep the podcast going and the bits flowing, please do so. Support.baldmove.com. And you get a bunch of stuff free. It's not altruism, baby. Get ad free feeds, a ton of bonus audio content. Check it out. Support.baldmove.com. That'll do it for here, for us here at Picard. We'll see what happens with Picard's body. What unspeakable, unnatural things are the Dominion doing to it? Are the founders doing to it? Are the shapeshifters? What are they? What's their actual species name? The founders? Uh, I think, I think that's what they refer to themselves as. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would call them founders. See what the founders have to say with Picard's body next week on Star Trek Picard.